This message comes to you from Withenshaw Community Church, Manchester. We hope that you are inspired and challenged by God's Word. Okay, so we're just for about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, we're just going to ask um, on our panel, Grayson and Aaron, some questions. Are we ready to go? The first one's addressed to Aaron. Have you always been humble? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll address you both with this one, but I'll ask Grayson first. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a leader? Biggest lesson I've learned? Um, oh, man, there's so many. You know? um, I, think, I think the main one for me is get over yourself. So right. for me, for years and years and years, probably 20 years of ministry, very insecure, very worried about people's opinion, very concerned about um, all of that side of things. So feeling quite um, nervous going into certain settings. Okay. And, I think, and I think even for me over the last couple of years, God has taught me a lot about get on with me and just get over yourself. Okay. So I think that was one of the things that I, my takeaways, if you like, over the last couple of years. Actually, we're serving Jesus. Let's get on with it. Okay, and thank so you, Grayson. Aaron? Uh, yeah, for me, I think the, one of the biggest things that, that I've kind of learned is the whole of how to laugh. You know, understanding. And you might say, well, yeah, you know how to laugh. Well, I do, but I think it's, you know, I know a lot of you would know my mum and dad. And uh, even through kind of the trials and everything that's happened um, through their lives, um, they always knew how to laugh. And I think that sometimes, you know, as Grace said, you've just got to kind of sit back and, and know that, you know, ultimately, you're not building the church. God is. Uh, and it's down to him. And uh, we partner with him in it. But um, sometimes I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. Um, but you just, you know... We should enjoy the journey. Amen. Enjoy it, yeah. Amen. Another question. Um, how do you keep momentum going in a tough season? I, th I think this comes back to the call for me. Um, I didn't choose to do this. I was called by God. And actually, when he called me, he called me to ministry. He didn't call me to good times, bad times. didn't call me to build, grow. He called me to serve him. And I think that's the thing that I keep going back to. Actually, Jesus wrecked my life 32 years ago. He actually wrecked my life because I was living happily. Well, I wasn't living happily, but I was doing my thing. And I was just getting on. And then he stepped in, completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I, I ain't got an option anymore. So literally, I, don't, I can't think of doing anything other because I, I couldn't do it. So loads of times. I've woken up in the morning and thought, I want to be doing anything other than what I'm doing. But actually, I'm cold. I can't. So that's been the, the glue for me, if you like, the call of God. Thank you, Grayson. Aaron? Um, it's, a, it's, it's a hard question to, to kind of answer, really, in the sense of, because there's, there's so many times where you want to give up. Yeah. There's so many times where situations and circumstances that you may face... And, you know, as, as Grace just said, you think to yourself, can I do this anymore? But I go back to what, to, to what Grace just said. It, it's about knowing, we've just sang it, knowing I'm a child of God. Uh, I'm chosen, I'm called, I am who you say I am. 
and, and standing on that um, even when the tough times come, because they will. Thank you. We find that very helpful, don't we? Listen to you. Thank you, guys. Uh, another question. What can, be, what can be stumbling blocks in developing and achieving culture and strategy? Do you want me to read that again? I'll read it again. What can be stumbling blocks in developing and achieving culture and strategy? People. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> okay, so we get without the people, we're okay. <laughs> no, I... Uh, <laughs> Do you know what? Ultimately, you as a leader set the culture in your house. Whether, that is it, whether that's at home, you have a culture in your home, uh, and you have a culture in your church. Ultimately, it's down to you as the leader. So, um, last week, I moved into a new house. Brand new house. Wonderful. Uh, didn't realise toilet roll holders are so expensive. You know what I mean? Incredible. When you've got three bathrooms, you know, you've got, I've got an, you know, one downstairs, one upstairs, and an ensuite. You have to go and buy three of everything. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm skint. Um, but but in, in, in our new house, um, yesterday, I was working from home yesterday, and we've still got some, you know, some snags that need to be done on the house. And uh, as, we, as, uh, as I opened the door, there was a builder there to come and do you know, a couple of jobs. And uh, he knew that I've got new carpets in my house. So the first thing he did, he, he, th first thing he did sorry, was he took off his shoes before he came in. I didn't have to ask him to. He could see that the shoes were all lined up. He could see that I wasn't wearing anything. So he knew that he had to take off his shoes. And I think that what needs to happen is, it's a silly example, but we set the culture for our churches. We set the culture for our houses. And I think so often we let so many things come in because we, maybe we don't want to offend. Maybe we don't want to upset. But ultimately, the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And, you know, so there's, so there's some things that I won't permit in, in, in our church services um, people might think I'm, I'm quite hardline on it. Well, no, because I'm, I'm setting a culture. Why? Because ultimately, it's about people. It's about let, letting them have the very, very best um, experience of church. We don't normally like that word experience, but I believe that church should be a great experience for people right from the very outset. So how do you, how do you stop it? You, you don't let people do what they want to do. Okay, thank you. Sorry, Gray. Did you want to say anything? Okay, okay with that, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Steve. That's how you deal with somebody disruptive in your services. Okay. <laughs> and then you get the demons, the deacons, to come down and remove that person. <laughs> okay. If there is one thing that helped you grow more than anything else, what would that be? Actually, pain. The biggest, the biggest thing that will grow you, you don't grow much in a good day. So you don't grow much when you're sitting on a beach and you're just lapping up the sun and you're on holidays because you're actually relaxed, everything's fine. It's in your trench when the warfare's going, when you're trying to trust God, trying to believe for things that seem impossible. Uh, people are speaking bad about you. That's when the real growth is taking place. And... All of us, I think every single one of us, can look back on bad situations 
and say, I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I'm glad I went through it. So there's no doubt about it, you know what I mean? So I'm sitting here today, glad I've been through everything I've been through. Literally, glad. I wouldn't want to go back, but glad I've done it because it's grown me, changed me completely. So Thank you for that, Grayson. You know, most of us wouldn't want to go through pain. If we've got the choice, we would avoid pain. Absolutely. Yeah. A good father, a good father, the Bible says, disciplines his children. So discipline builds a stronger life. When you get everything you want, you become woolly, you become weak, and actually you end up like a spoiled little child. Well, not fair. It's true. And we've got to grow up. Maturity is actually yeah. handling pain properly. Yeah. So, and I think, I think a lot of our people in church don't know how to handle pain. They don't know how to grow through pain. You know, the, the first thing that happens is they go through a problem and they leave. Why are you leaving? Oh, well, God isn't sorting things out for me. No, 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 no. God wants to take you through, even though I walk through the valley. And so he leads us upwards once we go through things, and then we come out the other side. Do you want to add anything, Aaron? No, that's fine. Okay. Two more questions. Um, how has G GDPR affected your church communication? That's a massive question, if you can be brief, because otherwise we'll just get lost in a fog, maybe. How, how many of you use WhatsApp for your teams? Well, it's now not allowed. GDPR says that you're not allowed. I heard the other day, one of my guys come up to my directors, you're not allowed to use WhatsApp because you cannot remove information off WhatsApp. That's how stupid the whole thing is. It's a pain in every orifice. I mean, it's, it is. And the trouble is, it's like they make these big things for, for global companies that affect us and we've... So for me, it, it is a nuisance, you, you know, on every front can we GDPR. I think what'll happen is that we'll all get really squeezed on it and then give it a couple of months and we'll just do what we do. And then a test case will come along which will see where we are. It's true. I think right. that's what'll happen. But, uh, but we have reacted to it. We've had all our director files. We've well, had to change all our processes, all our, all our ba um, admin base and all that have had to change. Personal computers, all the passwords and all that stuff. So it's been a nightmare, but I think it'll find its level. I think. Did you want to add anything, Aaron? No, 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 no. no. I don't blame you, mate. <laughs> I don't blame you. The whole no, thing. You know what Aaron wants to say, didn't he? GDPR. <laughs> okay. No, I'll, I'll, I. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Someone's asked this question, so I'll put it to you briefly. How many new people do you get each month? New people will come through your doors, church doors. Um, a month. Yeah. Uh, an average month, I would think about 25. 25. I would think maybe. Okay. Yeah, across the, across the board, perhaps okay. 25, I would think. Aaron? Um, actually, actually, it would be a bit more than that. I'm just yes. thinking of Doncaster. I was going to say, yeah. So, yeah, probably 40, 40 or 50, perhaps. Okay. They don't necessarily stick, though. No, no. No, no, no they come no, through your door, the shop window, yeah. and they come and yeah. have a look at what you're doing. Yeah. 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 We, we have, at Life Church, we have new people in every single week. Yeah. I've got Chris here with me today from, from our church. Um, and uh, every single week, without fail, we will have new people in church. It, it's just something, um, you know, and we, where we are, we're on a peninsula. So it's not necessarily the biggest place, but... For some strange reason, we, we, we get people in every single week. 
And the, the difficulty with that is, is that some of them are, are looking, some of them are, uh, you know, a church hopping, um, some of them are, are really kind of, you know, have been invited, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The, the biggest thing, and, and we've ha- we, I've spoken to people about this in the past. How do you make them stick? How do you, you know, we, as a church, we've always been very, very good at welcoming people. Um, and I, I would hope that every church is brilliant at welcoming people. The thing that most churches are absolutely rubbish at is their goodbye. Their welcome is their hello is amazing. Their goodbye is rubbish. And something that we really work on at Life Churches is we put as much emphasis on our goodbye as we do on our welcome. Um, because, it, because it makes a huge difference. Because nine times out of ten, what happens is, is that people will come into your church, new people will come into the church, they'll get a fantastic welcome, but then they slip out the door at the end. But we want everybody to you know, have a great experience of goodbye as well. So um, it, it doesn't really you know, answer the question in the sense of how many people do we get in every month. But it gives Probably us a good angle on, it gives us another angle on yeah. that question. Thank you, Aaron. Um, last question. Can you tell us where we, all, where we are up to with appointing the new national leader? Not everyone in this room will know where we're up to, Grayson. Yeah. Okay, so if you, if you know or if you don't know, we started on a process of changing our articles so that we could have a board that was separate from the NLT. The first thing we have to do is get a new board in place, and on the 26th, we'll vote for that new board. We'll also vote in new articles which is a new way of appointing a national leader. After that, the board then is tasked with setting up um, an interview panel. So the board won't necessarily be the interview panel, but they'll set up an interview panel and then put for applications. Applications will come in, they'll interview. So we would imagine that January, February time, we should have a new leader. And then that leader will be voted on by national conference. But it, but it's appointed through a process and then ratified at conference, which still is a vote, but it's more of a ratifying. Okay, thank you very much, Grayson. I just want to, as we conclude this Q&A session, just thank Grayson and Aaron and the national leadership team. You've done an amazing job in a tough two years. You've done an amazing job. And I think we just want to give you a round of applause and say thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Erin, back over to you, and uh, Grayson's going to do the class. We hope you've been inspired and challenged by this message. For more information about Withenshaw Community Church Manchester, please visit withenshawcommunitychurch.org.